0: section nine of a year with the saints translated by member of the order of mercy this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by maria therese may meekness blessed are the meek for they shall possess the earth matthew five four one meekness and mildness of heart is a virtue rarer than chastity and yet it is more excellent than that and all other virtues for it is the end of charity which as st bernard says is in its perfection when we are not only patient but also kind it is necessary however to have a great esteem for this virtue and to use every effort to acquire it st francis de sales st francis de sales himself had the very highest regard for this virtue he spoke of it so frequently and with so much love as to show clearly it was his chosen one among all. So though he excelled in all the virtues, he was singular and remarkable in this. He always wore a serene countenance and there was a special grace upon his lips, so that he generally appeared to be smiling, and his face breathed a sweetness which charmed every one. Though he usually showed great recollection, he sometimes thought it desirable to give proof of amiability and then he consoled all who met him, and won the love and regard of whoever looked upon him. His words, gestures, and actions were never without great suavidity and gentleness, so that it seemed that this virtue had taken in him the form of man, and that he was rather meekness itself than a man, endowed with that quality. He, too, justly merited the praise bestowed by the Holy Spirit upon Moses, that he was the meekest man of his time upon earth, and so st jane francis de chantelle was able to say that there was never known a heart so sweet so gentle so kind so gracious and affable as his st vincent de paul expressed the same sentiment saying that he was the kindest man he had ever known and the first time he saw him he noticed in the serenity of his countenance and in his manner of conversing such a close resemblance to the meekness of christ our lord as instantly won his heart the same may be said of st Vincent de paul he was of a bilious sanguine temperament and consequently much inclined to anger as he himself admitted to a friend saying that when he was in the house of condy he allowed himself to be conquered more than once by his disposition to melancholy and to fits of passion but having seen that god called him to live in community and that in such a state he would have to deal with people of every variety of nature and disposition he had recourse to god and earnestly prayed him to change his harsh and unyielding temper into gentleness and benignity and then he began with a firm purpose to repress those ebullitions of nature by prayer and effort combined he succeeded in making such a change that he seemed no longer to feel any temptations to anger and his nature was so altered that it became a source of benignity serenity of countenance and sweetness of manner which won for him the affection of all who shared his acquaintance As a rule he received all those who went to his house with pleasant words, full of respect and esteem, by which he showed his regard for them, and his pleasure in seeing them. This he did with all, with the poor as well as those of high rank, adapting himself always to the position of each. 2. Meekness is a virtue which implies loftiness of soul. For this reason worldlings usually are wanting in meekness for this loftiness is found in them but rarely and imperfectly if they are not the first to use harsh and discourteous expressions yet when they are addressed to them by others they resent and return them promptly showing by their revenge that they have a rude and ignoble heart and so the servants of god remaining always quiet and peaceable though provoked by words or acts manifest a perfect loftiness of soul superior to all rudeness st thomas aquinas this holy doctor confirmed this noble sentiment by his actions for in whatever trying position he was placed he never gave the least sign of resentment but at all times and on all occasions showed a calm and spiritual insensibility to everything the emperor constantine illustrated the same thing by his actions especially on one occasion when he had received a marked affront from his subjects but was so sustained by his habitual meekness as not to be at all perturbed by it When some of the court urged him to take a signal vengeance, telling him that it was not right for him to bear such a stain on his face, he replied, with a smile, passing his hand gently over his face, I do not find any stain there. The same is recorded of the glorious St. Vincent Ferrer, who was never seen angry whatever insult or injury he received. 3. There is nothing which edifies others so much as charity and kindness by which as by the oil in the lamp the flame of good example is kept alive st francis de sales we read of st francis saviour that his brother jesuits often visited him only to enjoy his admirable mildness when st ignatius was passing one day with a companion near some reapers they began to jeer and mock at them the saint not to deprive them of this amusement stood still with a tranquil countenance until they had finished then he blessed them and went away but they amazed at such conduct proclaimed him to be a saint four we ought to deal kindly with all and to manifest those qualities which spring naturally from a heart tender and full of christian charity such as affability love and humility These virtues serve wonderfully to gain the hearts of men, and to encourage them to embrace things that are more repugnant to nature. St. Vincent de Paul St. Francis de Sales dealt with everyone with so much meekness that without any rough measures he arranged everything according to his own will, and always did what he wished. He did this in a manner so gentle, and at the same time so full of authority, that no one could resist his persuasions. He treated all with respect welcomed all amiably and granted requests with great civility and cordiality this gave him such influence and power over hearts that all yielded to him and as he sought to adapt himself to all and to be everything to everybody all willingly fulfilled his desires which had no other object than to see them occupied in the divine service and walking in the way of salvation saint francis xavier treated everyone with great mildness and kindness which drew to him all, both small and great, won the hearts of all, and induced all to do what he wished. The avid Servius, being one day treated with great rudeness by a countryman, not only bore it with extreme patience, but replied with much sweetness. At this the man, struck with admiration and compunction, at once threw himself at his feet to ask his pardon, and afterwards became one of his monks. Five. At times a single word is sufficient to cool a person who is burning with anger and on the other hand a single word may be capable of desolating a soul and infusing it into a bitterness which may be most hurtful st vincent de paul one day when st macarius was travelling with a disciple in nitria the disciple went a little in advance of him and then met an idle priest who was hurrying along with a heavy stick on his shoulders where are you going demon he called out upon this the priest laid down his wood ran upon him and gave him so many blows that he left him for dead then he picked the wood up again and went on his way in haste soon after macarius met him and saluted him with the words god save you toiler you have done well he replied to salute me civilly i saw you were fatigued continued the saint and that you were running without regard to your health and i saluted you that by stopping you might get a little rest by this i know that you are a true servant of god replied the idolater and throwing himself at the saint's feet he said that he would never leave him until he had invested him with the habit of a monk three monks being on a journey lost their road and so were obliged to pass through a field of grain which they consequently injured a peasant seeing this began to reproach them and call them false monks then the oldest told his companions not to reply and when he came near the man he said to him my son you have said well and as he continued to insult them he added you tell the truth my son for if we were true monks we should not have done you this harm now pardon us for the love of god for we know that we have done wrong at these words the rustic amazed at such great meekness threw himself at their feet asked for pardon and then for the habit and went away with them st francis de sales always spoke with so much sweetness and mildness that with two or three words he often restored the most troubled hearts to tranquillity six as it is not possible in this pilgrimage of ours not to meet and become entangled with each other if we will preserve interior peace, we must possess a great fund of meekness to oppose to the unexpected assaults of anger. St. Francis de Sales Philip II, King of Spain, had spent many hours of the night in writing a long letter to the Pope, and when it was finished he gave it to his secretary to be folded and sealed. But he, being half asleep, poured ink over it instead of sand, and nearly died of fright when he saw what he had done but the king without any excitement only said here is another sheet of paper and went back calmly to his writing another day when he was going to hunt he took a seat to have his boots put on when one was on the other was not to be found and he waited for it a long time without giving any sign of impatience or saying a single word at the time of his coronation a soldier in trying to keep back the crowd with a pole, broke thereby three crystal lamps that were over the throne so that the oil fell on the rich dresses of the king and queen well said the king this is a sign that in my reign there will be the unction of peace and abundance st remigius foreseeing a great famine had collected a large quantity of grain and being informed one day that some ill-disposed person had set it on fire he quickly mounted his horse and hurried to the spot he found the fire so far advanced that there was no hope of extinguishing it but he was chilled by his ride as the weather was very cold so he dismounted and with perfect tranquillity both of mind and countenance he began to warm himself remarking fire is always good as the venerable cardinal de rezzo was about to give ordination one morning one of the candidates was not present he sent for him and remained waiting in the meantime with perfect composure at his arrival, without any resentment, he quietly proceeded with the ceremony. Seven. There are some characters which appear very gentle as long as everything goes well with them, but at the touch of any adversity or contradiction, they are immediately enkindled and begin to throw forth smoke like a volcano. Such as these may be called burning coals hidden under ashes. This is not the meekness which our Lord aimed to teach that he might make us like him we ought to be the lilies among thorns which though they come from amid such sharp points do not cease to be smooth and pliable st bernard this test shows how true was the meekness of st francis de sales for it is recorded of him that the more he was ill-treated the more tranquil he appeared it may be said that he found peace in war roses among thorns and sweetness amidst the greatest bitterness he once even said himself of late the open contradiction and secret opposition which i meet bring me a peace so sweet and soothing that it has no equal and presages the approaching rest of the soul in its god which most truly is the single ambition and the single desire of my heart and soul and nothing does this admirable peace and tranquillity shine forth more than in the persecutions he suffered on account of the order of the visitation the work of his hands and of his mind, which had cost him prayers, journeys, and labours without number, and was certainly dear to him as the apple of his eye. Such great opposition was raised against this most worthy institute, that several times it was on the point of extinction, yet he never lost his imperturbable peace for that. On the other hand, he wrote that he praised God that his little congregation had been calumniated, as that was one of the most evident marks of the approbation of heaven one day when the saint was preaching two lawyers sent up to him a note full of insulting remarks in the hopes of breaking up the sermon he took the paper thinking it contained some notice to be given to the people had the patience to read it through to himself and then undisturbed went on with his sermon when it was over and he had rested a little he inquired of the cleric from whom he had received the note and went to visit the two lawyers one after the other without speaking of the letter he begged them to say in what he had given them offence when he heard the occasion he assured them that he had never had the intention of doing so and asked their pardon on his knees this caused them much confusion and they asked his pardon in turn thenceforth they lived on the best terms with him venerating as they did a virtue so heroic and christian this virtue also shone forth in saint jane francis de when she was, on various occasions, ill-treated by many, she never showed the least sign of resentment or displeasure, but in return gave presents to one, bestowed favors obtained from God or from persons of rank upon another, nor was her love for any of them diminished. A certain youth who was very angry because the young lady whom he wished to marry had embraced the religious state, went to see her, and said many insulting things to her, she listened to them all with great serenity of countenance and so much joy of heart that on leaving the parlor she said to her companion who had been present at the interview i never heard a eulogium more agreeable to me than the one this good youth has just made then moved with compassion at his sinful state she added let us pray the lord to give him light her prayers were indeed heard for he repented of his error came again to ask her pardon himself entered religion and finally became a great preacher and a good servant of god eight when you have to make arrangements settle quarrels or win others to your views take care to be as mild as possible you will accomplish more and conquer more readily by yielding and humbling yourself than by harshness and disputation who does not know that more flies are caught with an ounce of honey than with a hundred barrels of vinegar st francis de sales the venerable cardinal de razo excelled in this he not only knew how to keep his own household in peace and banish all differences from among them when he was bishop and cardinal but when he was a simple religious he was considered to be a man very well adapted to settle lawsuits to quiet discord and to calm the most inflamed spirits he succeeded in this not only by his prudence and dexterity in management but also by his great affability and mildness which won the affection of all and so gave him great power to soften the most obstinate hearts st john birchman's even when the child had great success in settling the little disputes that arise among children and the reason was that prayers and gentleness were the means he employed nine if you wish to labor with fruit in the conversion of souls you must pour the balsam of sweetness upon the wine of your zeal, that it may not be too fiery, but mild, soothing, patient, and full of compassion. For the human soul is so constituted that by rigor it becomes harder, but mildness completely softens it. Besides, we ought to remember that Jesus Christ came to bless good intentions, and if we leave them to his control, little by little he will make them fruitful. St. Francis de Sales this holy bishop proceeded in this way himself with the most perverse sinners striving to bring them to repentance in the gentlest ways possible guiding himself by the great maxim that the spirit of meekness is the spirit of god as the spirit of mortification is that of the crucified a man who had been guilty of enormous crimes once came to his confessional and went on accusing himself of them with indifference and without any spirit of penitence after bearing this for some time the saint began to weep and when his penitent asked if anything had happened to him he merely answered go on as he went on with the same ease as before telling even greater sins he wept again and again on being urged to tell the cause he at last said in a voice full of compassion i weep because you do not weep these words struck the heart of the sinner with compunction and he became a true penitent his gentleness manifested itself especially in his manner of giving advice encouraging souls at the same time to advance to perfection when he found them lost in sin and in dangerous occasions of it he would indeed cry out cut break rend for there are certain bonds which we must not treat with ceremony or stop to disentangle but we must dissever and sunder them at once but on other occasions where there was no danger he would lead his penitents step by step to retrench superfluities and banish worldliness from their lives do you not see he wrote to a lady that vines are not pruned with the rough strokes of an axe but with a fine edged hook one shoot after another i have seen some statues which the sculptor worked on for ten years before they were perfect cutting with chisels a little here and a little there until he removed all that was contrary to accuracy of proportion no certainly it is not possible to arrive in a day at the point you aspire to reach it is necessary to gain one step to-day another to-morrow and to strive to become masters of ourselves by degrees for this is no small conquest st vincent de paul also was accustomed even in preaching to speak with the greatest suavity and gentleness so that he infused into the minds of his hearers especially the poor, such confidence in himself and such readiness to follow his directions, that after a sermon they would often run after him and entreat him with tears in the midst of the crowd to hear their confessions, in which they revealed to him, with great frankness, the most hidden wounds of their souls, that they might receive from him a remedy. He once committed a great sinner to the care of one of his priests, that he might do what he could to bring him to repentance the priest soon found that whatever he said had no effect upon that obstinate heart and he therefore entreated the saint to say something himself he did so and with such efficacy that he converted him and in order that the conversion might be lasting he induced him to make the spiritual exercises the sinner afterwards acknowledged that it was the singular sweetness and charity of the saint which had gained his heart and that he never heard any person speak of god as he did For this reason the saint would not permit his missionaries to treat penitents with austerity and harshness. He told them that it was necessary to encourage repentant sinners, and that the infernal spirit ordinarily makes use of rigor and bitterness on the part of priests, to lead souls more astray than ever. He used the same method in the conversion of heretics, and succeeded by it in converting many, who afterwards confessed that they had been gained to God by his great patience and cordiality. The saint explained this when he said, you see when one begins to argue with another the latter easily persuades himself that he wishes to conquer him and therefore is more prepared to resist than to embrace the truth so that the contest instead of disposing his mind to conversion further closes his heart which on the contrary remains open to sweetness and affability we have he added a fine example of this in monsignor de sales who, though very well versed in controversy converted heretics rather by mildness than by learning so that cardinal de peron used to say that intellect was enough to convince heretics but it needed monsignor de sales to convert them when st francis xavier was preaching in Macao to a great multitude of people some of the mob threw stones at him he went on without the least sign of resentment and he made more conversions in this way than by his preaching st Ludwina, by her great sweetness converted a sinner whom no preacher or confessor had ever been able to bring to repentance st philip Neri labored much in the conversion of souls he drew them to the lord with so much dexterity that the penitents themselves wondered for he seemed to charm them in such a way that whoever came to him once appeared unable to refrain from coming again he was very careful to accommodate himself to the nature of each one if great sinners and men of evil life came to him he commanded them in the beginning to abstain from mortal sin and then led them by degrees with admirable skill to the point he aimed at there once came to his feet a penitent so addicted to a certain sin that he fell into it almost every day the only penance he gave him was to come to confession immediately after he committed the sin without waiting to fall a second time The penitent obeyed, and the saint always absolved him without giving him any other penance. By this method he succeeded in a few months in freeing him, not only from this sin, but from all others, and in leading him to a high degree of perfection. He advised the very dissolute young man to say the Hail Holy Queen seven times a day, and then to kiss the ground with the words, "'Tomorrow I may be dead.'" by doing this the youth soon reformed his life and fourteen years after died a holy death in the same manner the saint brought back to the way of god a great number of sinners many of whom said on their deathbeds, blessed be the day and the hour when i first knew father philip and they all remained so attached to him that there was nothing they would not willingly have done for him Ten whoever has direction of souls should deal with them as god and the angels do with admonitions suggestions entreaties and with all patience and doctrine he must knock at the door of the heart like the spouse and try gently to open it if he succeeds he must introduce salvation with gladness but if a refusal comes he should bear it patiently it is thus that our lord acts though he is master of all hearts He bears with our long resistance to his lights and our many rebellions against his inspirations and even if he be forced to withdraw from those who will not walk in his way he does not cease to renew his inspirations and invitations our guardian angel too exactly imitates his conduct in this for they guide rule and help as far as they can those whom god has committed to their charge and when they see them remaining obstinate they do not therefore abandon them nor experience either grief or vexation, nor lose their blessedness in any degree. Now, what better models than these can we desire for our own conduct? St. Francis de Sales These surely were the models that this saint proposed to himself. With weak souls in particular, such as beginners, or those who have made but little progress in the spiritual life, he said we ought to copy Jacob, who suited his steps to those of his little sons and even to the tender lambs st vincent de paul also behaved with great solidity and patience to all whom he directed and especially to scrupulous persons bearing with their weaknesses and listening to them with unalterable sweetness he treated in the same way those that were fastidious and hard to please saying that they ought to be guided by the greatest kindness as their infirmities of spirit were worthy of even more compassion than bodily ones st jane francis de chantelle pursued the same course writing to a superioress of her order she says the older i grow the more i feel the necessity of meekness to win and retain hearts to the end that they may be faithful to the duty they owe to god whatever i have tried to do for the benefit of those who have had recourse to me to guide their souls has been done by means of a mild and humble charity and without any authority but that of a heartfelt entreaty 11. AS WITHOUT FAITH IT IS IMPOSSIBLE TO PLEASE GOD, SO WITHOUT MILDNESS IT IS IMPOSSIBLE TO PLEASE MEN, AND TO GOVERN THEM WELL. ST. BERNARD The same saint proved this by example. When he was made abbot, he proceeded at first with much austerity and severity, and though his monks had a high opinion of him, they could not adapt themselves to each other therefore he was warned by god to show more suavidity and sweetness and when he did so he gained for himself the affection of all and a most exact obedience cassiodorus relates of theobald that after being made king he used to say in changing our office we have changed our methods and if we previously acted with rigor we now employ clemency altogether nicetus in his annals tells of a certain emperor who at his death called together the chief men of the empire and said to them my two sons as you see are both good but i consider the younger better fitted to govern than the elder for besides his other virtues he is inclined to clemency and docility and when he has made any mistake he follows the counsels of others and obeys the voice of reason the other is easily made angry and in his fits of passion he cannot control himself this trait is most opposed to good counsel and brings ruin on the wise. 12. I have turned forward and backward and on every side, and what conclusion have I reached? I have considered all methods of governing and even tried them, and I have finally seen that the best is that which is amiable, sincere, humble, and patient. St. Jane Francis de Chantel. It was indeed thus that this saint lived among her subjects in a gentle and humble manner and thus she gained from them whatever she desired when she asked for anything unimportant she proceeded with so much submission that they were overcome by her humility and when she required what was necessary she did it with so much sweetness that no one who had a heart could fail to obey her orders promptly saint vincent de paul wrote thus to a superior who had complained to him of one of his subjects the priest of whom you write to me is a worthy and virtuous man and before he came to us he was much esteemed in the world if he is now a little restless engages in temporal affairs thinks too much of his relatives and even looks down upon his companions you must bear with him mildly if he had not these faults he would have others and if you had nothing to bear with your charity would not have much opportunity for exercise nor would your conduct and government bear much resemblance to those of christ our lord who chose to have rude disciples subject to various defects that he might teach us by practising amiability and patience with them how those should behave who hold the office of superior i entreat you to form yourself upon this holy model by which you will learn not only to bear with your brethren but also to help them in freeing themselves from their imperfections writing to another on one of the missions who was very unwilling to part with one of his assistants he said i do not doubt that the separation from this dear companion and faithful friend must necessarily be painful to you but remember that our lord separated himself from his own mother and that his disciples whom the holy ghost has so perfectly united separated themselves from one another for their Master's service plutarch relates of pericles that whenever he put on his officer's dress he used to say to himself as a reminder to be affable and respectful to all attention pericles you are going to command your brothers greeks citizens of athens thirteen whoever has the charge of others ought not hesitate to resist and correct the vices of those who depend on him or even to oppose their sentiments when need requires it always however with mildness and peace especially when he has to enunciate any truce difficult to receive such truce must first be heated by a burning fire of charity which will take away all their sharpness otherwise they will be sour fruit better calculated to cause disease than to give nourishment nothing is more bitter than walnut bark when it is green but when made into a preserve it is very sweet and exceedingly wholesome so reproof which is very bitter in its nature heated at the fire of charity and sweetened by amiability becomes itself pleasing and delicious and when truth other but the tongue is destitute of sweetness it is a sign that the heart is wanting in true charity st francis de sales when father lambert of the congregation of the mission was obliged to administer correction to his inferiors he accompanied it with great sweetness and never exaggerated their faults. He even overlooked them as far as he could, sometimes when committed in his presence. The venerable Cardinal Bellarmin used to act in the same way. St. Francis Borgia never let any faults of his subjects pass without correction. When they were slight faults, he never spoke harshly, but would say, Ah, may God pardon you, may he make you a saint. Oh, brother, How could you say or do this? If the fault was grave, he summoned the culprit, corrected him kindly, and when he saw any amendment, dismissed the whole matter. St. Vincent de Paul, when he was obliged to give correction, did it with so much moderation, and in a manner at once so sweet and so effective, that even the hardest hearts were softened, and could not resist the power of his gentleness. He said, on one occasion, that in the whole course of his life, He had given correction with harsh words only three times in which he thought it necessary to do so but every time he had been afterwards sorry for the result proved to be bad and on the contrary by mildness he had always obtained what he desired the precautions which he used to render correction fruitful and to sweeten its bitterness were the following in the first place unless it was absolutely necessary he never gave correction at the moment the fault was committed but took some time to consider before god the best way of treating it especially if the fault was grave and the person little disposed to receive reproof and when a suitable time came he would ask him with much confidence and cordiality if he would like a little advice adding that he knew he was himself more imperfect and culpable than any other in the second place he would show him marks of affection and praise him if he could find anything to praise in him HE THUS OPENED THE WAY TO REVEAL TO HIM HIS FAULT WITH TACT, AND TO MAKE HIM SEE ITS GRAVITY AND BAD EFFECTS. HE EXCUSED IT, TOO, AND MADE THE LEAST HE COULD OF IT, AND THEN SUGGESTED A REMEDY, AND AS AN ENCOURAGEMENT TO MAKE USE OF IT, ADDED HUMBLY THAT HE, TOO, NEEDED IT. THIRDLY, HE ENDED THE CORRECTION WITH ENCOURAGEMENT, SAYING THAT GOD HAD PERMITTED THAT FAILING AS A HUMILIATION and to give opportunity to attend with greater fervour to the acquisition of virtue often he would apparently pass over faults making it appear that he had scarcely noticed them it was his opinion that those who had fallen into some faults should be admonished the first time at some fitting opportunity with great kindness and gentleness the second time with a little severity and gravity accompanied however with graciousness and the suggestion of easy and charitable remedies, but the third time with zeal and firmness, and with a warning of the final remedy which would have to be applied. St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi was never known to assail or oppress any one. On the contrary, when she was mistress of novices, if any one of those whom she reproved answered her with pride and stubbornness, she said nothing, but merely regarded her with an amiable look. And waited until some other time to correct her when saint jane Frances de chantelle had to give any correction or penance she spoke always with great care that there might not escape from her lips any word of reproof or disapproval which would show the slightest sign of anger but that all might be accompanied by a cordial compassion and tenderness which would serve at once to blame the fault and to comfort the offender her sole effort was to make the delinquent perceive her error and recollect herself, and she did this in ways so gentle and terms so insinuating that it was almost impossible not to be moved to repentance and not to receive the admonition with profit. If an unruly spirit showed itself in any one, what entreaties, what caresses, what loving stratagems her charitable prudence suggested to lead her back into the right path. The venerable cardinal de A man most zealous for the glory of god and the salvation of souls was peculiarly anxious that the ecclesiastical functions should be performed with all possible propriety and perfection yet when he saw any of his subjects fail in this though his heart was deeply moved all were surprised at the mildness of his correction but when he heard that any of his flock and especially any ecclesiastic was living in some habitual sin or had fallen into a grave transgression it caused him such pain and affliction that he often wept, and after supplicating god with fervent and loving prayer to have compassion on human miseries and frailty, he would turn all his thoughts and efforts towards providing some remedy. First of all, in such cases, he would promulgate anew the decrees and orders of synods with their penalties annexed to the end that the guilty parties might be reminded of the danger in which they stood, and might do at least from fear what they would not do from virtue afterwards, if necessary, he would give an admonition in private, but with admirable tact and with especial tokens of confidence and familiarity. At first sight, this course appears strange and contrary to all rules of good government, but one can scarcely believe how much good it did in the hands of this holy pastor. He sometimes sent for priests and even for seculars who were known to be leading evil lives and invited them to dine with him. After dinner he took them to his own room, and began to admonish them, dilating upon the heinousness of their sin and its enormity before God, with such zeal and affection that he wept copiously himself, and moved them also to tears and conversion. In this way he gained the greatest results, and admirable changes of life were witnessed to the extraordinary edification of the people. 14 the only consideration of superiors ought to be the love of god and the sanctification of the souls committed to their care this cannot be better attained than by humility combined with a peaceable disposition and good example st vincent de paul to this end st vincent recommended superiors to take pains that the yoke of obedience should be easy to their subjects and therefore to cultivate a civil and amiable manner rather than a harsh and imperious one to one whom he was sending to a certain house as superior he gave this direction do not be domineering in order to appear like a superior and master i am not of the opinion of a person who said to me a few days ago that to govern well and maintain authority it was necessary to be known as a superior jesus christ did not speak thus he taught us the contrary both by example and in words when he said that he came into the world not to be served but to serve and that whoever wishes to be a superior ought to make himself the servant of all conform yourself then to this holy maxim behaving towards those for whom you are sent to care quasi unus exilis as one of themselves and telling them as soon as you arrive that you have come not to rule but to serve if you practice upon this suggestion both at home and abroad all will be well to another whom he was sending as superior to another house he spoke thus what you ought to do is to trust in god that you may be a burden to no one and to treat all with affability and courtesy always using peaceable and gentle words never sharp and imperious ones for as there is nothing better fitted to gain hearts than this humble and courteous demeanor so also there is nothing better adapted to attain our object which is that god may be served and souls sanctified writing to the head of a mission who had with him a somewhat faulty companion he said if you wish to be accompanied by the blessing of god make every effort to bear with your assistant meekly banishing every thought of superiority from your heart accommodate yourself to him in a spirit of charity this is the means by which jesus christ won and perfected his disciples and it is in the same way only that this good priest will be won granting this to be true give a little time to gratifying his humour never contradict him at the moment when he seems to you to give occasion for it but when it is absolutely necessary admonish him later and with humility and good feeling such was his own patience for though he was most rigorous to himself and very exacting even in the smallest things to others he was full of charity and mildness taking care to please all in everything that he reasonably could in giving orders his manner was always so unpretending and his words so courteous that he seemed rather to entreat than to command when he intended to assign to any one some hard task or difficult business he prepared him for it by degrees and with much dexterity smoothed away the difficulties which might have discouraged him and in everything thing he showed so much affability and cordiality that he gained all hearts and was exactly obeyed even in the most difficult things MANY, TOO, HAVE CONFESSED THAT, AFTER GOD, THEY OWE THEIR PERSEVERANCE TO HIS CHARITY, GENTLENESS, AND MILDNESS TOWARDS THEM. ST. FRANCIS BORGIA WAS VERY STRICT WITH HIMSELF, BUT MOST COMPASSIONATE AND KIND TO HIS SUBJECTS, SO THAT ALTHOUGH HE WOULD NOT EXCUSE HIMSELF FOR THE SLIGHTEST DEFECT, HE WOULD PARDON VERY MANY IN THEM. IN GIVING AN ORDER HE WOULD NEVER SPEAK SHARPLY, BUT WOULD SAY, WITH GREAT SWEETNESS, I entreat YOU TO DO THIS FOR THE LOVE OF GOD, Would you have any difficulty in going to such a place would it be convenient for you to do such a thing i had thought of giving you such a charge but i would like to know whether it would be agreeable to you st john a canon regular was once assailed with a volley of abuse by one of the religious over whom he was appointed prior when he did not reply another who was present said you might stop all this insolence by a word by ordering him to go to his cell no replied the saint when fire is consuming a house would it be well to throw on more wood this good brother is now burning with anger if i should reprove him his anger would be increased but when this great fire has died out then it will be time to apply a remedy st francis de sales having been obliged to imprison one of his ecclesiastics who was leading a scandalous life the offender after a few days showed great signs of repentance, and begged for an interview with the saint, who had pardoned him on previous occasions. Those who had charge of him did not wish to permit this, for they knew what great compassion the man of God would feel for him if he saw him, but they finally yielded to his entreaties. When he came into the saint's presence, he begged for mercy, with fervent promises of amendment. Then the holy bishop said, with much emotion and many tears, i conjure you by the love and mercy of god in which we all hope to have pity on me on the diocese on the church and on the whole order so much dishonored by the scandalous life you have hitherto led which gives matter to our adversaries to blaspheme our holy faith i pity you to have pity on yourself on your own soul which you are ascending to perdition for eternity i exhort you in the name of jesus christ on which you trample by the goodness of the saviour whom you crucify anew and by the spirit of grace whom you outrage this mild earnestness was so efficacious that he not only did not fall again into his former sins but became a model of virtue st francis de sales was once asked by st jane francis de chantelle what she had better do in regard to a novice who had begged importunately to be admitted to profession which in that order is regarded as a fault, as profession is granted at a proper time, without any request, to those who have been exact in observance. He answered gently that charity should abound on one side, when humility is wanting on the other. St. Jerome relates of St. Paula that when she was governing a convent built by herself, she failed in none of her obligations, and never asked anything of her daughters, which she had not first practiced herself. And she showed her authority only by her care in providing for all their wants, by serving them in all their needs, and by leading them to the practice of virtue. She was never absent from choir, but always among the first to arrive. In the work of the house, she was the most attentive and the most laborious. In regard to others' faults, if any failed in exercises of piety, if any one was slothful in corporal exercises, if any one was careless about her employment, she brought all back to their duty managing them in different ways according to their disposition if passionate with caresses if patient with correction if discord arose between two she reunited them with gentle words if she noticed any one who was fastidious in dress or behaviour who was loquacious passionate or quarrelsome she admonished her with tact more than once but if she did not amend she gave her the lowest rank among her sisters set her to kneel at the door of the refectory or to eat by herself in the hope that shame might succeed where reproof had failed with the sick she was all cordiality charity and liberality thinking no labour or expense too great for them but if she was all kindness to others to herself when sick she was all austerity and hardness permitting no exceptions in her own favour even in the matter of food once when she was recovering from a burning fever in the month of july she could not be induced to partake of a little honey, which the physicians had recommended to strengthen her weak digestion. 15. In religious orders, union and peace ought to be preferred above every other good. These depend upon bearing with one another, yielding to one another, and treating one another with that mildness, which is a source of peace, and a bond of perfection that unites hearts. St. Vincent de Paul when this saint was obliged to reprehend any one for a fault he took every precaution that the person who had informed him of it should not be known and if he feared to give occasion for suspicion or aversion he would omit the correction altogether rather than disturb the general harmony when st john birchman's had the office of monitor and the novitiate he never reported anything to the superior without first consulting god before the blessed sacrament that he might not disturb the peace of others and also that he might not be deceived by his own judgment or feeling.